Are you feeling all right? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking in. You That's know, all right. I appreciate just seeing it. how you and yeah. I do appreciate you it. You know, maybe you just want to take a minute for yourself and just compose, centre, indeed deep breath. Some me time. Yeah. 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 Have a you time. <sighs> there we go. Feel better? I'm much, much better. Okay. I'm grounded and centred now. <laughs> the only thing grounded about us is our coffee. Yeah, this is true. I was actually going to get some coffee and bring it up and, and, and while we were recording and were so you? I could slurp. You want to slurp? Well, it's not. In the tradition, the well, finest was... tradition of these episodes, I was you want to sit say, and slurp coffee. It's not a proper frithcast if I'm not slurping and clanking my cup on the well, Do you want to go get thing. coffee? No. No, I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to be Who okay. Who are you and what have you I'm, done with my wife? I'm going to be okay. I'm resisting. I'm resisting. What? I'm just, I'm just going to No, no, have... no. Passive resistance is for civic and government. It's not for resisting coffee. I honestly thought you were going to say passive resistance is futile there. Ooh. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I just need to take a minute. From coffee to assimilation. Yeah. Two easy sentences. Two or three sentences. This is like six degrees of resistance, <laughs> not separation by Kevin Bacon, the Borg. And it's just taken a whole different turning. Kevin Bacon's Borg? Kevin Bacon, the Borg. Wow. Yeah. Locutus of Bacon. Mm, bacon. <laughs> Informative heathen related They do content. not. They, they do. listen to us to lose it completely and laugh. I, which never happens because we're consummate <laughs> professionals. <laughs> what? We got a whole bucket of outtakes that says we're not consummate professionals. Uh, well, anyway, I, you, I, I was just sitting minding my own business, and and um, and, and and Suzanne came along, came along and grabbed me by the ear. And pulled me through here going, it's episode 81. Let's go record. Is it time? So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm quite happy to just mooch about. But, you know, I assumed there was a... Oh, no, this is going to be a good I think one. This is, episode had, 81 is going to be a, a bit of a, a thing. I had the impression you had a plan. I don't have a plan. I have coffee withdrawal. That's totally a plan, right? Yeah. It'll do. Yeah. Lovely listeners. Welcome to Frithcast episode 81 81 oh yes it is it's 81 which is all very well but do you not want to hear about my pins and needles okay go on go on go on go on go on it's okay let's do episode 81 lovely listeners welcome around the virtual campfire grab a bun grab a drink warm your knees shuffle up grab a log do your thing get off the marshmallows i see i didn't say that she said that i did not say that you said that have a marshmallow, everybody. Everybody. Everybody can have marshmallows. Now I know you're not, Kate. Marshmallows for everyone. That's just a little bit unnerving. Please don't do that again. What? <laughs> I'm Suzanne Martin. Hello. I am a heathen with Can a you... head full of, you've probably gathered by now, random queer geekery heathen knowledge. Well... You have your moments. I do. And then I have to go lie down in a darkened room for a bit <laughs> afterwards. Um I I mean I'm 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 Kate. I struggled with a minute for with that for a minute or two. I was like, is this the bit where I have to talk? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. it is. I'm Kate. I'm uh, not a heathen. I'm a sort of a random hanging about druidy thing, and I'm basically here because I'm married to Suzanne. Yay! So um This is a good thing. Well, 
I, you know, I, I, I feel like I feel like I kind of got the better half of the deal. But there you go. <laughs> Um, That's what you think. But uh, this is basically why <laughs> I'm here because uh, otherwise I'd be just be like banging around the house and making a racket, and it would make it really difficult. So we figure if I kind of get involved, you know. Actually, you have been point five of Frithcast for eighty-one episodes plus some specials. Yeah, and I'm just suddenly wondering to myself why am I introducing myself like that after eighty-one episodes? Yeah. It's like. You're kind of in here now, huh? Ah. You've got feet under the table if we had one, which we don't because we're around a virtual campfire. Indeed. You know, that thing. I'm Coffee, not putting my foot settled. under that because it hurts. No. Don't put your feet under the campfire. No. Not a good plan. No. no. So, episode 81, I episode believe... 81. I do believe that this is a multiple of nine. And not only is this a multiple of nine... Mm-hmm. I do believe. Do you want to do this bit? No, you do this bit. I do believe. And do your drum rolls. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If my maths does not fail me, which it usually does, but in this case, I think I'm right to say that 81 is 9 times 9. Ooh. Yeah, so... And that yeah. makes it pretty damn it, it, special. It does. So what are we doing for our lovely friends around the virtual campfire this evening. Lovely listeners around the virtual campfire, Kate is entirely correct. Episode 81 is story time. Yay! Every ninth episode is story time, and this is episode 81, so this will be our ninth story time. So we kind of figure it needs to be a bit of a big one. I don't know why I'm holding up nine digits. They can't see them. I can. One, you can. Two, three, four, five, six, many lots. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Jan Tan Tedra. Jan Tan Tedra. You want I... it in Turkish? It's beer iki uch dirt besh. Is it? Yeah. Do that again. <laughs> One to five in Turkish. Do it again. Beer iki uch dirt besh. Oh, crikey. I know, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I'm glad I can still surprise you after this many years. I can count very slowly to ten in Latin. Yeah? Very slowly. Primo? It's Prima? Uno. Oh. Uno. Duo. Uh, actually, no, oh, I no, can't. Oh, no, first, second. Primo. Because I get confused because is it... Tre- it's tre- it's tre- Tres, I think, is Tres. Tres? I don't know. Actually, forget all that. Okay. I can't count to ten in Latin. I thought I could. I can say two in Russian, which is dva, but that's basically it. I also yeah. used to be able to do it in Esperanto, but I've forgotten all of that now. Sorry, was there a point? Possibly not. Okay. There's never a point to our podcast. <laughs> it's fine. So, lovely listeners, this is episode 81. This is story time, and we have... A pretty good belter of a story that we're going to walk you through. So settle, really settle in. Yeah, this is going to go all over the place. So, lovely listeners, the majority of the world is in lockdown. And a lot of people are working out that while they're in lockdown, they don't have access to their usual things. Mm. Shops, entertainment, restaurants, hairdressers. It's all very unsettling. It is. So there are some people at the moment trying to figure out what to do with their own hair. Because they can't have it, you know, styled and done like they would normally have it. Indeed. So there are, on the interwebs right now, you don't have to look too far to find people's efforts at home haircuts. I have seen one or two. One or two spectacular haircuts. But at least they're giving it a go. They are giving it a go. This story starts with a spectacular haircut. Does it? It does. Okay. <laughs> and you might know that in the days in Asgard, we don't have a god responsible for haircuts, hairdressing, beard care, or otherwise, you know, fantastical follicle stuff. Fantastical follicle stuff. Follicles! Isn't that what Cats was about? Yeah, follicle ball. 
The follicle ball. Yes. Yes. Ew. Um. I know. <laughs> not an image I wanted. Thanks. <laughs> just, I just got Idris Elba out of my head. Why would you want? Gone... Why would you want to get Idris Elba out of your head? Because he was oh, in cats. 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 Oh, no, bad. Yes. Yeah. The very smooth Idris Let's Elba. Just... No. No. Yeah. No. Let's not. Okay. okay. So, this story, I am going to come back to it. By all means. Starts with a haircut. Okay. And it starts with a haircut of one of the goddesses. It is presumed there is no provocation. This is where the story starts with the haircut. And I can't quite get my head around what might be before this. In the law, what might have caused this action? I don't know. What might have caused the haircut? What might have caused the Sky Traveller, the trickster, the sly one, the cunning one, the shape changer. Oh, himself. The world walker. Mm hmm. To cut off all of Sif's hair. All of Sif's hair? All of Sif's hair. So this is not like. This is not a trim, you know, cut and no. blow dry, perm, little bit of highlights, cup of coffee and a biscuit and a magazine and you're done. Yeah. No. This, he takes a knife and he cuts off all of Sif's hair. And he does it while she's asleep. That is just wrong. Yeah. A little bit of a... Well, it's one of those moves, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good move. And <clears throat> you might have gathered that Sif is not best impressed. As fabulously queer as this haircut might be, she's not happy. Oh, did he? He literally shaves it. Oh, that's not a haircut. Shorns it completely off. And her long hair is gone. Her, her pride and joy, long hair, is no more. No. No. I'd be miffed. Sif is miffed. Mm. Yeah. I'd be miffed. It took my, me a long time to grow mine this long. And Thor is husband of Sif. Oh. You can see this not ending well. Well... If you're going to upset somebody, mm. I mean, I, I have no no doubt whatsoever that Sif is the sort of person that can dish out a fair amount of... Yeah, she has the fierce. Anguish yeah, yeah. herself, yeah. if she wants to. But you miff her and her husband is Thor. Yeah. The guy with the hammer. Not quite yet. Not quite yet with not the hammer. Not quite yet. He has the giant strength and the explosive temper, though, so it's still not a Still best, not a great move. It's not your best move ever. Okay, so this is pre-hammer. This is just pre-hammer. All righty. Well, anyway, let's assume... So Sif is miffed. Sif is miffed. And her cry of anguish wakes up her husband, who wakes to find his beautiful wife completely shorn, like she has stubble. This is not good. And her hair is on the floor in a heap. This is not good because she didn't... I mean, I'm not saying... You can have your hair how you want. If yeah, you yeah. Want, but you know, obviously, she but did not... She did not the, want this. She did not. No. So he goes and finds the sly one, the trickster, the Loki. Mm-hmm. And he pins him up against the wall and says, What did you do to my wife? What did she do to you that... She would deserve that. And Loki says, it's a joke. Can't you see the funny side? She looks so much better now. It'd be so much easier to watch. It's a joke. Well, there's a classic defence. Yes. Thor is not having any of it. No. And he says to Loki, you will make this better. Mm. You will make reparations to my wife. Otherwise, there is going to be big trouble reparations yeah it's not even going to be in little china it's just going to be big big trouble <laughs> so loki says of course thor of course you know had i known it would cause this much distress i definitely wouldn't have done it i just thought it would be funny and i will get it replaced replaced i will get sif new hair okay you know i, I clearly misjudged the sense of humor I will get Sif some new hair. 
and and this is how this this works. This is how you can do this. Well, it, it works to the point where Thor puts him back down on the ground. Right. Well, okay. Progress. And kind of pats him on the head and goes, "You do that." Pats him on the head and says, "Good boy, Edmund." Yes. Go. Mm. Go get my wife new hair, and if she is not satisfied, I will have your skin. I would take this seriously from this guy. Yeah. This is the guy who tried to murder a dude. Because he was hangry. Because he was hangry. Yes. Yeah. And Logan knows because he was with him at the time. And he couldn't get the... Well, I mean, obviously this was later then because he yeah. hasn't got the hammer. He hasn't he done hasn't that got the hammer. But hasn't I'm just pointing yet. out, you know, the temperament of the guy yeah. is such that on being unable to open the bag with the food in it, tries yeah. to murder with a hammer yeah. the guy whose bag it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, not yet. I know, I'm just saying, later, later, you know, later. like I say, temperament. But yeah, temperament. So off Loki goes. Hmm. And he goes out of the halls of the gods and through the great gatehouse of Asgard. And he goes out across the Bifrost and down into the worlds. And he goes to a secret place. And he goes down and into the caverns and under the ground. And finds himself in the tunnels of the dwarves, of the craftsmen, the of the makers. And he seeks out two dwarves who are well-known craftsmen in the underground. And he says to them, I greet you sons of Ivaldi. Hmm? Not Vivaldi. Not Vivaldi? Ivaldi. Ivaldi. I greet you sons of Ivaldi. I bring you a challenge for which you will learn the gratitude of the gods and my own personal thanks, which is no small thing. Mm. And the sons of Ivaldi are like, oh, ah, what do you want? This is basically just your way of saying you're not going to pay us. Is that right? Yeah. Pay, I'm going to pay you in exposure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, Loki says I have you know a couple of thousand followers in Midgard and I have some very powerful people in Asgard that follow my Insta yeah <laughs> you make me some shinies and I'm going to get you very very famous and it will all be worth what I'm not going to pay you nice yes <clears throat> okay so so the sons of Ivaldi say we're interested what do you want us to make? And Loki says, can you make hair? And the sons of Ivaldi are like, a child could do what you're asking. They're like, wait, dude, dude, hang on. People make their own hair for these the most are, part. These are master craftsmen. Yeah. So he's coming to them. They think he's coming to them with a challenge. He says, can you make hair? And they're like, really? We thought you we, we were going to ask us for this, you know, finely balanced, beautiful thing. You're asking us to make hair. What gives? And Loki says, well, can you make me hair so fine that it moves as real hair moves and it can be brushed and it will grow as real hair grows? What? And when the wearer puts it on for the first time... It will become part of her. Oh, okay. And the dwarves are like, oh, that's a bit more of a challenge. Now you're talking. Yeah, go on then. We'll have a go at that for this exposure that you talk about. <laughs> so The gratitude of the gods. The gratitude of the gods and my own personal thanks. Which is no small know, thing. Which is no small thing. And he promises payment. And the dwarves go, okay, you have a deal. We will make... Hair. He promises payment? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We will make hair for you, and it will be the finest hair that has ever been seen. It will be able to be combed, to be plaited, to be knotted, to be twisted. You'll be able to put it up in a bun, in a ponytail, in a messy ponytail, in a plait, a fishtail, however you want to do it. You can do it with the hair we are going to make. I'm sold. Can I have some? I know. We are going to make it out of spun gold. I'm definitely sold. So fine that the finest cotton threads will look thick compared to these strands of hair. Can you imagine what that would look like? Yeah. 
That would be gorgeous. Oh, yeah. So Loki's like, all right, then. I'm going to watch you make it. And so the dwarves take a block of gold and they beat it. And they fold it and beat it again. And then the spell song begins to fill the cavern, reverberating notes and the flames of the fire go higher and the forge crackles and burns at the end of the whole process they offer Loki a sheaf of hair folded over their arm and he takes it and it's still warm from the fire's heat and he can see the room's spell sung into the gold and he strokes it and it feels like hair and it moves like hair and he blows on it and it gently waves. He says, this is fine and excellent work. And the dwarves take a look at Loki and the hair that they have just crafted. And they look back at the forge, which is cherry red hot. And they look at each other and say, it'd be a shame to waste the heat now we have it. We could make more gifts for the gods at no extra cost. And just, you know, guarantee that payment. Okay. And Loki compliments their crafting. And the words of praise fall from his lips as he watches them. Because he's a good talker, we know this. Because he's a good talker. And the dwarves take another block of gold and they push it into the flames and they shape it and hammer it and beat it and they sing their spell songs and craft it but this time the song is different it smells of the sea and it fills the fierce breeze of a full sail as it bounces off the cavern walls and when the dwarves have finished. They pull an object, bright gold from the flames, and it's a ship. A ship? Full-sized and fully ready. Out of the forge. And Loki looks at the ship and he looks at the dwarves and the dwarves look at each other and they look at the forge and they say, it's still hot. It would be a shame to waste it. And this time they take another block of metal and they push it into the forge and they hammer it and beat it and shape it. And this time the spell song is different. Here the words are of accuracy and slicing and forging and weapons of war. And when they have finished, they pull the block out and it is a spear. Perfectly balanced, perfectly precise, sharp, razor edged, plain, but a spear for the gods nonetheless. And Loki is full of praise for their work. Instead of just the hair, he now has three gifts to give. Bad. So he takes his leave with the hair very carefully folded over his arm, the ship very carefully stowed, and the spear very carefully carried. And he leaves the caverns of the sons of Ivaldi, and he gets to a point not quite yet above ground, and he thinks. I could go back from here to Misgard, Midgard to Asgard. Or I could take a detour. Oh dear. And maybe get a little something else for the gods and for myself for no extra effort from me. Okay. And instead of taking the tunnel up to the surface, he turns back down into the tunnels and he weaves left and right and turns and turns and turns again until he comes to the hall of another two dwarf craftsmen 
Brock and Etri, two brothers, and he greets them. Hail, Master Craftsman Brock. Hail, Master Craftsman Entry. What do you make on this fine day? I have come to see you, to bring you my greetings and to renew our friendship. And Brock looks over at him from the far side of the forge and goes, What do you want? <laughs> I'm not sure of you. I don't like you in my forge. And then Etri spies the gifts that very, Loki is very carefully carrying out in the open. What do you have there? Those shiny trinkets. Oh, Loki says, have you ever seen such craftsmanship? Have you ever seen such work, such precision? This spear is so finely balanced. This ship will sail perfectly. This hair, look at this hair. Isn't it amazing? And Brock looked. And Etri looked. And Brock said, oh, I've seen better. <laughs> and Loki pausing. Surely not. How, where, where have you seen better than this? This is the finest work the dwarves can ever make. I felt I would pause on my journey back out to the gods and show you so you had something in your life to aspire to. <laughs> you cheeky... And Etri said, I've seen better in our practice pieces in the workshop. These trinkets you bring, they're fine enough, but they're nothing. You want real spell songs. You want runes forged so deep into the metal that they never come out. Then you've come to the right place. No, says Loki. <laughs> Surely not. I mean, these things are fine. They are beautiful gifts for the gods. You surely. I mean, I know, I know you were good. But this, this work? <laughs> and Brock and Etri look at each other. And then look at the sly one. We can make better. And we will wager it so. Oh. And Loki is like, but I, I couldn't possibly. I mean, I, I don't want to embarrass you <laughs> with what you are doing. But surely, I, I mean, you must have other things that you're doing. I don't want to kind of stop. No, says Brock. We will wager you. We can make better gifts than these three. What do you wager? And Loki looks down at Sif's hair and the ship and the spear and says, well, I can't wager these gifts. I will wager you my head that you cannot make better than these. His head? His head. Okay. Talking about escalating quickly. Yeah. Very well, says Brock. You must give us some time. Sky Traveller. We have rooms next door and we have a plentiful supply of mead. You can rest. We will come and get you when your, when your new gifts are ready. Fine, says Loki. I will do that. I can go next door and drink your mead and sit in your hospitality. But are you sure? I mean, I, I don't want to kind of... No, says Brock. We will do this. We will produce three gifts better quality than those children's toys you have there. Sit next door, drink our mead, rest, we'll call you. As you wish. And so the Sky Traveller went into the rooms of Brock and Etri, sat with a flagon of mead and waited. Back in the furnace, Brock piled wood onto the stove. Etri took a block of gold and began to forge. And he says to his brother, do not stop working the bellows while I sing these spell songs. Join in with me and harmonize and together we can create something much better. 
and Brock begins working the bellows and Etri begins hammering and shaping and moulding and together they start to sing and they sing of the forests and they sing of the land and of the trees and of the spring and of the harvest and they sing of the wild joy that is in the worlds and while Brock is working the bellows a fly buzzes around him and settles on his hand and bites him and it stings but he does not stop and the spell song carries on and the metal is shaped and moulded in the hot furnace and at the end of the spell song Brock slows down on the bellows and finally stops and the words stop echoing around the walls of the furnace and Etri pulls a great glowing object from the flames, Gullenbursti, the golden boar, the shining. And Etri looks at the flames and he picks up another block of gold. He urges his brother, sing with me. And they sing of the wealth and the rhythm of the world and how gift giving and gift taking and gift receiving links the wholes of societies and the worlds together. And they keep singing and Barack keeps working the bellows and Etri works on something smaller this time, but still gold and still shining and fine, fine work, the finest he has ever done. And as Brock is working the bellows, a fly <laughs> buzzes around Brock and this time it settles on his neck and it bites him, but he does not stop and the song of connection and people and gods and land and all how everything is interwoven continues and reverberates around and around until the verses slowly come to a stop and the bellows slows and stops and Etri pulls from the flame the Drauthnir, the arm ring. The ring that drops other rings. The ring that drops yes. other rings. And Etri looks at the forge and he looks at his brother who is tired. They have both wrought the spell songs that are might and powerful. And he tells his brother not to stop working the bellows, but to keep going no matter what happens. And this time he takes a great block of sky iron and he puts it into the forge and begins to heat it through. And he hammers and he shapes and he moulds and they sing a spell song of protection and work and honest labour. And they sing of how good it is to defend and to keep safe all those that you trust in your family, in your community, to keep yourself safe. And they are both tired from their labours and their voices are hoarse from these spell songs that reverberate around the forge and the heat is intense and they are sweating, but they're keeping going the rhythm of the bellows the rhythm of the hammer the rhythm of the song creating one last gift and a fly <laughs> comes in to the furnace room and it buzzes around in the heat and the sweat listening to the spell song and the words and it lands on Brock's eyelid and it bites him and he is blood blind and he cannot see what he is doing at the forge. He cannot see the colour of the metal. He cannot see the bellows handle but feel it under his hand. And the blood starts to drip from his eye onto the edge of the coals. And the fly zooms off and for a moment Brock's song falters. And he judges 
that just at the right moment he can release his hand from the bellows handle and wipe the blood drops from his eye. Put his hand back on the bellows handle again, but too late. The rhythm is slightly off. And at the end of the forging, Etri cries out, No, no, it is okay. It is not ruined. It is not ruined, not yet. And he pulls from the forge, cherry, red, hot, great hammer. A hammer? Forged by the dwarves in the heat of the spell song. But the hammer is not a hammer of war. The handle is short, like a craftsman's hammer. And as this last piece comes out of the forge, the forge light finally dies. And the spell songs echo quiet. And Brock and Etri have worked so hard for these three gifts that they go and gain their visitor from the next door room. Mm -hmm. Sky Traveller! We have finished your gifts. Stop drinking our mead and come and see them. <laughs> and Loki looks up at the mention of his name and says, Yes, <laughs> I will come and see what you have. <laughs> and he comes into the forge room and there on the anvil are three new gifts. There is a golden boar, bright eyed and alert, looking at him. There is an arm ring unremarkable but Loki can feel the spell songs woven into the heart of it and knows that it is something special and there is a warhammer but it's short. Brock and Etri stand back from their labours these are the finest gifts they have ever made the finest crafting they have ever produced as master craftsmen. And Brock says our gifts are done but you will not judge which ones are best because I fear you will be biased. Hmm. We will go to the gods. I will take our three gifts. You will present those other trinkets that <laughs> you've had made. We will go to the gods and you and I together, we will ask them which is the best. And if they judge you the best, that's fine. If they judge my gifts the best, I will have your head. As you promised. But of course, says Loki. Let's go together, craftsman Brock. Let's go up to the surface, travel through the lands of Midgard, go across the Bifrost Bridge and through the mighty gatehouse of Asgard. And they were there at the doors of Asgard. And every god and goddess came out to meet them. And they walked into the great hall and all the gods assembled. Odin sat on his high seat and called the proceedings to order. Loki, what do you do? Where is Sif's hair? Why have you not brought it? But I have, all father, and I have brought other gifts besides. This is Master Craftsman Brock. He and I have a small wager. I have brought three gifts from the sons of Ivaldi, he has brought three gifts that his brother and him have made. We wish you, or three of you, to judge which set of gifts is the mightiest, for we have a wager riding on the answer. Very well, says the Allfather. Thor, Frey, you two will judge these gifts. Three gifts each, three of us. Excellent, says Loki. I will talk you through the gifts I have brought so that you may see. And then Brock can talk you through his three bits. <laughs> so that you can see whose is the best. Spoiler alert, it's mine. <laughs> and we can just dispense with this silly wager and get on with our lives. Loki brought out the spear first. Mighty Allfather, this spear is for you. It is Gungir. It is the spear of all spears. Feel its balance. It will never miss any target you aim it at. 
You can use it to wind war around the hearts of men. You can use it to stir trouble. You can use it to guide those men you feel fit. It is a kingly gift, and I give it to you first. The old father looked mm, grudgingly impressed by the gift of the mighty spear Gungir. Loki then turned to Frey, said, Mighty Frey, Prince of the Vanir, he who holds the harvests, I give you Skinbladnir, the ship. This will hold all. It shines of gold as you would do in the harvest time. And yet it is small enough that when you have done your travelling with all the gods, easy enough to fit inside it, it will fold up and put in your pocket. That's brilliant. This is a princely gift, said Frey. I want one. I will take it, thank you. Loki then turned to Sif, who was standing surrounded by the goddesses, too afraid to come close to the Sky Traveller again. Beautiful Sif, Loki started. I have brought you new hair, as I promised, and I think you will find it please you much better than your original hair ever did. And Sif came forward, and Loki proffered the new hair of spun gold that moves and breathes and shakes and shimmers and it shone in that hall of the gods. And she took the hair and she fixed it to her own head and immediately it stayed. And she moved her head this way and that and it moved with her as light and bright, much brighter than her old hair had ever been. And the lady Sif was delighted, which in turn made her husband Thor delighted. <laughs> and when Loki had finished presenting his three gifts, the master craftsman Brock stepped forward. He said, these gifts are fine gifts for the gods, but what I present are much more mighty. And he turned to the All Father and he said, Hail, chief ring giver of the gods. He who splits the treasure hoard. He who gives out wealth. I give you Draupnir, this arm ring made of gold and woven with spells of wealth. It will drop eight rings of its own weight every ninth night. You will never run out of gold or favours to give the other gods or to give your favoured of those in men or dwarves. And the Allfather took the arm ring and slipped it over his wrist and it fitted perfectly, almost as if it had been made precisely for him. And Brock turned to the Lord of the Vanir to fray. And he said, Mighty Lord, I present to you the boar Gullenbursti, the golden bristled one. He will run over the earth. He will run over the sea. He will run through the air. And whilst you are running through the nine worlds, through the day and through the night, he will never ever be in darkness, for his bristles glow you will always be able to see where you are going. And he will be a loyal mount for you and he will never tire. And Frey said, this is a princely gift. Thank you, Master Craftsman. For my last, said Brock, I give to you, Thunderer, Strider of Mountains, friend to the people of Midgard. I present you this hammer. And he gave the Molnir to Thor. 
and the Molnir fit perfectly in Thor's hand and he felt the weight of it on the balance. Nothing can break it, Brock said. You can throw it with all the might of your strength and it will never break. You can hit things with it and it will never break. If you throw it at a target, it will always return to you. This is a mighty gift. Thank you, Master Craftsman, said Thor. And so the gods set to judging. For these six mighty gifts, there was much discussion and much comparing and much admiring of other gifts mm. that other gods had got. But in the end, they came back and they judged the Molnir was the most and best gift that had been given. The master craftsman Brock had won his wager. Awkward. Wait, went the sky traveller. I just forgot something. I'll be back right in a minute. Bye. <laughs> and he dived from the hall. And Thor, very carefully, picked up his Molnir and dived after him. And a few moments later, Thor returned with a Molnir in one hand and the collar of the sky traveller in the other, <laughs> dragging him along the floor. Wait, said Loki to Brock. Master craftsman, I could give you gold. I could give you jewels. I could give you wealth. I have no need of those, said Master craftsman, for I have exposure. <laughs> and he began to draw his knife and Loki's eyes went wide. Brock, what are you doing? We had a bargain. Yes, we did, said Brock. And I am going to take your head. I am going to take it and pin it to my furnace room wall. So every guest that wants to come and pay me an exposure can look at you. <laughs> but, said Loki, as Thor held him down. And Brock balanced the cold blade against the back of his neck. But, 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 you, you can have the head. I know, said Brock. Hold him down. But you can't have the neck. What? You can have the head. The head is yours. But the neck you did not bargain for. You cut my head off. You damaged my neck, which you do not own. At this, Brock is mightily angry. You dare make a deal that I cannot claim on? How dare you, Sky Traveller? You, you liar! And Loki said, I am no liar. You own my head, but you do not own my neck. And Brock is so angry that he sings a spell song to bring the all of his brother to his feet. And he looks the Sky Traveller dead in the face and said, I may not have your neck, but the head is mine. And he sews Loki's lips together with his brother's all and the leather thong. I will stop your clever tongue. I will stop your sweet honeyed words of exposure. <laughs> I will ensure you can promise no one else the same ever again. And once it was done, Loki ran from the hall and he pulled each small stitch out alone and bleeding from his lips that would later scar. But the gods had their mighty gifts and they were well pleased. Thor was happy with his hammer. The Allfather had a new spear that would not miss and an arm ring that would ensure he always had wealth to give. Frey had a new boat and Gullimbursti, who would never tire. Even Sif was overjoyed with her new hair. But the Sky Traveller, away from the celebrations and songs, plotted. Mm. Lovely listeners. Mm. That is the end of episode 81, story time. To be continued, well, not... To be kind of continued. Not explicitly, but... Yes. Lovely listeners, if you would like to find us online, 
you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook under Suzanne Martin or I'm on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me, I have something approaching a, a, a blog that I update occasionally and that's at glassrain.net. You can feel free to drop me a line there or find me on Facebook as Kate Colwyn. If you would like to come and join us around the virtual campfire in our new shiny home. New home. New home. We have got a Frithcast page mm-hmm. and we have also got a group called Frith Chat, which you can come and join and talk to other listeners of the programme. And every now and again, Kate and I do drop in and come and say hi and we can all have a bit of a natter. Yeah. So it, we hope to see you there soon. Just go to Facebook and, t- and search for Frithcast Pod. Yeah. All you'll one, find all us. All one word and you'll find us there. Yeah. So come and say hi. Come and drop us a friend request. Come and say hello around the virtual campfire. It's all good and we look forward to seeing you there very soon. Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you pondering on the gifts of the gods. And hope you've enjoyed this episode 81 and we will see you back around the virtual campfire for episode 82 of Frithcast. And I have to go and contemplate possibility of a thematic link between Gull and Bursty mm-hmm. and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, much more likely to be sleep near. Really? Yeah. With the glowy nose, I was just thinking with the glowy tussles, tussles. Tussles? Tussles. <laughs> the glowy tussles. The glowy tussles. Bristle. <laughs> Whiskers? <laughs> what is it boars have? <laughs> You said there was a thing that boars have that glowed and they could see where they were going. Gull and Bursty with your tussle so bright. Won't you pull my sleigh tonight? Okay, lovely listeners, we're going to leave it there before Kate gets like off into song. And we will see you all around the campfire next time. Bye. See you then. Bye. Bye.